0: Welcome to Recall.
1: Tell us your fantasy. We'll give you the memory. (laughs) Happy trails, man.
2: They erased his memory.
1: Why are you trying to kill me? Your mind was implanted with a life you think you've lived.
3: They changed his identity.
2: Anything you know about your life, it's not real. On
3: August
1: 3rd, they're trying to recover what's in your head.
2: What is real? I want to remember. What is Recall? Future depends on what you do next.
4: Total Recall. Greetings, one and all. This is Rico, and you're listening to this week's edition of Trex in Sci-Fi. This will be podcast 396 for August the 5th, 2012. And that little uh, TV spot promo you heard is for the new movie just out, Total Recall, which I saw yesterday. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll talk briefly about that on today's show. The main topic, though, for this week is going to be an Enterprise episode from the end of Season 3. It is called Zero Hour, and it's an episode that uh, features sort of the uh, culmination and finale of the whole Zindi arc that they did during Season 3 for that series. So I'm going to play that episode and comment along as I watch. And uh, we'll talk some Trek news and and other topics in the news of sci-fi and fantasy and and all like that all like that <laughs> anyway um, here we go on Treks and Sci-Fi Welcome to the podcast Treks and Sci-Fi your weekly dose of geeky goodness
0: We're from roasting special guest
3: These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, Enterprise,
2: Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations.
1: make it
4: so okay again welcome uh, to the show for this week everyone Rico back here in the center seat uh, having have the con again and uh, thanks so much uh, for last week uh, it was Chris and Brian uh, covering Dune which is uh uh, just just a great uh, you know subject to tackle and i'm really appreciative and and did a great job with that uh, i remember when i first read the first dune book I, I i wish i would have sent in a comment to them but uh, i i love the first uh, book in the dune series and i know some people have seemed to see say they have trouble getting into it but i, I got into it really uh, quite easily i thought anyway and i read it not too long, I think, before that movie came out. Uh, it was one that was on my shelf for a while, and I, I just finally uh, read it. Uh, and then I read, I think, two or three more in the series, and and, and I know they've had a lot more since then. But uh, And I think I read a more recent one uh, at some point, but it didn't leave a whole lasting impression. But I just love that whole world. So thanks again so much for them for doing that uh, show last week. We've had some really just amazing and great and dynamite uh casts in the last you know few months. And I just have been very uh, pleased and appreciative of, of everything that everyone's doing. And we've got more to come. I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, towards the end of this show, uh, about what's upcoming on the podcast and you have to look forward to. But again, uh, if anyone out there has the burning desire to grab a microphone and uh, you don't really need a lot of equipment, you can get a program called Audacity that's free. Uh, you just need a headset some way to record on your computer and and save the audio file in like an MP3 format, and just, you know, talk about a, a book or a movie or a TV series or something in the sci-fi or fantasy realm that uh, maybe I have not covered. Uh, we tried not to repeat uh, on on here, and if, if I've covered something, you know, then we'll uh, try to stick to new things, but... Uh, But anyway, yeah, or if you just want to cover like a Star Trek episode that I've not covered yet, we've had that happen from uh, time to time for guests to do. So send me an email, treksf at gmail.com. I got the schedule pretty well mapped out for the next month or so. But into uh, later into uh, September, October, and so forth, uh, you know, it's pretty much an every other week schedule. So you can kind of pace it out and look at this, the you know weeks ahead and figure out where there might be an opening and what might work well for you. So love to get some new voices on the show. Uh, we've got one uh, uh, a set of new voices next week, I believe, and uh, I'll be talking again more about that towards the end of today's show. okay like I played that clip at the beginning of the podcast today Total recall uh, Mark uh, my friend Mark and I went to see that movie yesterday and uh, I, I really enjoyed it you know the the and I won't uh, I'm not gonna reveal any real spoilers here or anything like that nothing that you haven't seen in the previews and considering this movie is uh, you know people will call it a remake of that Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, film from when did that come out around 1990 is that about right something like that. I'd have to look it up exactly to find out the date but uh, I, you know I, the funny thing about that movie is uh, there's a lot of people that love it that Arnold movie uh, the first total recall movie and I was okay with that movie uh, but it, there were things that kind of bugged me and bothered me a little bit about it uh, I wasn't super pleased with the the ending and, and and you know I it's it's been a while since I've seen it but I remember when I first saw it walking out of the theater a little slightly disappointed to a degree but again, it's an okay movie. It's just not something that's in my you know top tier of Arnold movies or even sci-fi movies. But so when I heard they were going to redo that uh, or or do another one, I, I was actually pretty happy uh, because I, like I said, it's it's one thing if somebody came along and said, hey, we're going to remake Wrath of Khan. Hey, I'm talking to you, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> that's not confirmed yet, but uh, you know because they never release any info on what's coming out. Those guys really need to do some advertising soon. Uh, But anyway, uh, so when they they talked about Total Recall being done again, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then when I started to see some clips and pictures and learned that uh, Colin Farrell and Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel are are all in this movie and Bryan Cranston, who I love on Breaking Bad and, and is just becoming a, a really, really, I mean, not that he wasn't probably before, you know, when he was doing things like Malcolm in the Middle, but his range of uh, acting jobs now, he, he's he's really good. And uh, I, I just love, Breaking Bad It's just a, it's such an amazing show, not a sci-fi show, but a fantastic show that, that everyone who enjoys good, just good entertainment and television should be watching. Uh, I can't say enough good about that the um but anyway these guys are you know solid cast in this movie and the the previews and the uh, effects and stuff and all of those look great so um so i went to see it yesterday and 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 really enjoyed it it's about a two-hour movie a ton of uh a ton of action as you can see in the previews uh i would call it pretty much an action movie with a you know there's a story and plot of course involved in there and and, and, you know, this idea of you waking up and not, you know, your life not being what you thought it was and sort of being programmed into your brain and, and they mess with your identity and all that. Uh, again, not giving anything away, I don't think. That was in the first movie. Same thing here. Colin Farrell, I think, does a really good job. He actually, I, I really like him in this movie. He's not, uh, sometimes in some of the movies, he, he, he he's kind of a cocky kind of SOB kind of character a little bit you know i think that's him as a person maybe to a little degree uh, he does a really good job here a solid job plays this kind of you know character that just is a little lost and doesn't know you know what he's all about and and again it's 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 a really good performance i think and uh, and the other the actresses especially uh, jessica beale and kate beckinsale man they can, <laughs> they can throw a punch and make it look like it's real I, I you know and make it look like it would hurt a little so uh So anyway, uh, a very enjoyable movie, Uh, lots of cool effects, had a very Blade Runner kind of look to a lot of the style of it. Oh, sorry, I got a little interrupted there for a second. Lynn went to the store and brought me some dots, which are my favorite candy, so I'll eat those later while watching some TV show or movie. Uh, so yeah, I was saying it had a Blade Runner kind of look to the movie. Uh, yeah, you know, it's in the future, and and people are living in very small homes, and everything's sort of like compacted, and and, and there's a lot of like uh, you know futuristic gadgetry and, and and electronic billboards, and it's raining always. Of course, in the future, it rains all the time. So uh, anyway. Um, but uh, but again, a good movie. Um, it's directed by Len Wiseman. Is that how you say his last name? I think that's his last name. Anyway, he's married to Kate Peckinsale. He also directed her in the Underworld movies and all that. So uh, so that gives you a little bit of a sense of it. And the vehicles and things. There's some cool cool vehicle stuff in this movie, which is another similar thing I think to Blade Runner uh, as well. So uh, again, I don't want to say too much. Just came out, uh, but uh, Total Recall. Uh, is a fun movie, and I don't think really, even if you're a big fan or know the first Arnold Total Recall, this this movie is quite a bit different than that. So, and that's all I'm, I'll say there. Uh, I'm gonna take a short break here, I think, and then we'll talk about some sci-fi news, other news, uh, especially things like in the Trek world and stuff like that. I'll I'll give you a little uh, taste and fill in or, or commentary on when I went to see Star Trek: The Next Generation next generation on the big screen uh, almost two weeks ago now.
2: Do you remember
3: playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command and Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and autoexec.bat bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time, but more importantly we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes.
4: Okay, uh, what is going on in the world of sci-fi and fantasy genre stuff and Star Trek? Let's start with Trek. A couple things I wanted to mention and talk about. I did go to see. They had a one night only. It was back on uh, the um, 23rd, Monday the 23rd. Uh, they showed uh, a couple of episodes uh, where no one has gone before and data lore in movie theaters uh, for one night only. I think this was in the US, Canada, I don't know anywhere else I'm not sure but uh, and I think Canada might be in a, at a different date uh, if I remember right. So I, I went to a local theater and uh, I'd say the theater was was fairly full. It was probably two-thirds full. Uh, maybe three quarters, maybe not three quarters, eh, somewhere between like two thirds, three quarters full. So it was pretty full. Uh, and uh, I, it was fun. It was a, it was a a good time. A couple of little things. Uh, it, it was definitely geared towards advertising the season one Blu-ray set. And we'll talk more about that in a minute or two, uh, because they played previews for it, like at the beginning, during between the episodes, towards the end. But they also showed some interesting behind-the-scenes stuff um, uh, for the for the series. You know, some of the early uh... wardrobe and makeup tests for the different actors talked about the casting of some of the actors for the show uh... with rick berman and others talked about of course the reworking and remastering and and recreation of these episodes for high def um, for the blu-rays for the season one with uh, mike and denise Akuda Who uh, worked on uh, the Next Generation and other of the Star Trek series, Um, very uh, well-known people and experts on Star Trek of this era, and uh, you know, just have a uh, you know, they're both worked on the shows, but really love the series and love Star Trek too, which it 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 definitely shows. Any time I've ever seen them being talked to, and and it's nice because they're kind of like fans, but they also work you know on the shows too so they have that in, in information mike akuta was uh, is is probably most famous for the akutagrams if you look at all the star trek uh, the, the the panels on the next generation all those little touch panels and touch screens all the graphics and things like that mike really developed and worked on that that's kind of what he's really known for so uh so they were you know introduced the episodes and talked about things uh, during this presentation, and it was fun, it was good. I, a couple of comments. I didn't think the, the the quality in the movie theater was that super. I mean, I, I think it's better, actually, on my HDTV. The sound is a little off, and that leads us into talking about the, the big thing that happened with these discs. It turned out, uh, once the discs came out, the season one, Star Trek Next Generation on Blu-ray, which I bought off Amazon, it turns out that about, I think it's about seven in total episodes, uh I could pull up the uh I'm gonna pull up the official uh discussion about this online. Um, let's see yeah there's I think it's seven and yeah they're offering uh CBS is now offering replacement discs for discs one, three, and four. You can get these free of charge. If you go over to Trekmovie.com, uh there's a story on this. Uh I'll also try to post something on my site as well soon you can call them or write them and what they need they don't you don't need to send your disk set back you don't need the um, you know to do that at all but you can get just replacements for those disks you have to give them your name and address and also a little code number that is very small on the back of the disks and the description information is um, once you email them or call them they'll tell you where to get it it's like about a six or seven digit number if you use a flashlight, that's what I found. If you tip the disc and use a flashlight on it, you can you can pick it up pretty okay if your eyes are halfway decent and and uh, or get a magnifying glass out. It's uh... but uh, going back to the movie uh, in the theaters, that I enjoyed it. It was fun to see. It got like I said, I thought that they pushed the advertising <laughs> for the for the discs a little too much. I mean, the people that would go to a movie theater to see. 20 what 25 years ago episodes of star trek the next generation on the big screen a couple of episodes i don't really think you need to advertise too hard to those people to buy the disc sets i have a feeling most of those people in the audience will probably buy them uh, that's just at least my opinion. I mean, one or two of these ads. I actually walked out towards the end because it just seemed like at the very end of the presentation, they just kept saying, and, you know, here's another commercial, which you can see all these ads on, on online anyway. But uh, I was feeling a little bit taken, you know. I mean, I already spent my 13 or $14 or whatever it was for the ticket. So, uh you know, to see those ads over and over was was a bit much, but uh, it was fun. It was enjoyable, just as enjoyable as seeing TOS on the big screen years before that when they released those on Blu-ray. So, but this uh, this replacement problem, what the, what it was, is the sound mix on those episodes is, is incorrect. They, they mapped the channels wrong, and and it's 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 a little you know it's a little disappointing to to say the least that they didn't have a little better quality control, and I'm not sure. Maybe one day we'll learn a little bit more about what happened here. Uh, maybe the Akudas or someone will come out and, and explain how this, this kind of a mistake could happen. I, I mean, you know, they create these things. They re-edit them. They, they create, uh, you know, audio tracks and put it all together. They even talked about the audio and recreation of all that uh, for the, you know, during this presentation in the movie theater. And then to have something like this happen, and, and they're obviously, it's not that hard of a fix, because we're going to get these discs very soon, in a week or a couple weeks. Uh, so somebody sort of somewhere along the way, you know, had a channel flipped or something like that and messed things up there. But anyway, I mean, I toyed with the idea of just sending the whole thing back to Amazon and just waiting a month or two until all the replacement sets got in place. But if they're going to replace the discs themselves, uh, and, you know, the... The disc set I, which I bought, it's um, it's an okay packaging. It's it's fairly thin. Uh, the the face of the one one thing I was interested in to learn or or find out, the actual uh, face of each of the discs isn't any kind of real picture or graphic. It's just a solid kind of color. I think I could open my set here right now. It's sitting on my desk. I think it's blue. Yeah, it's kind of a. Yeah, it's kind of a sky blue kind of a color and it just says it's got the, you know, Star Trek the Next Generation season 1 disk 1, then disk 2 says disk disc 2 of course and all that. But there's no pictures, it's not a very fancy graphic and I'm I'm assuming and hoping that the replacements pretty much match that so the set will look normal. And and, and for those of us who've already bought it, we'll have a a funny little collector thing with odd sound on it, uh, you know, for all of t- all time uh, to come. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, so that's it. I, you know the, the picture quality on these things. I've played a few of them already, and and it, it is good. It it is well worth, in my opinion. You know once once you go Blu-ray, you don't go back. I mean I, I, I it's almost impossible for me to watch a TV show or a movie anymore that's not in high def. I mean I just it just really is hard to watch. It, it looks like you 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 can't see uh, I mean it's amazing that it, uh, the difference you know to me high def versus DVD quality even uh, so it, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very nice to have these discs now keep in mind some people don't quite get this or understand it but these things are still in 4x3 format so even on an HDTV the Blu-ray discs you will see black bars not at the top and the bottom like a widescreen movie sometimes uh, you will see black bars on the left and the right. Same thing, which was with TOS. You know, these things were all formatted for a television screen at the time—a four x three format. So that is still the format of the picture. So keep that in mind. You're Your new your big new HD widescreen TV—it won't really fill them up, uh, the whole picture. I don't even know. I guess you could stretch it, but you'd you'd be really skewing it uh, if you tried to stretch this to a widescreen format. It would not look right at all. So. Uh, keep that in mind but I, I still think the picture quality is is so much more improved over dvd it's 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 well worth it the ex- the sets seem to be a little the first season set's a little expensive right now i think it was 60 bucks on amazon they did drop it a little bit in the last week or two before it came out i'm sure that by christmas it'll have dropped another 10 20 bucks or something like that and then as the further seasons come out uh, it will probably drop even more but uh, But anyway, that's enough about that. Spent uh, enough time talking about that. There is no, of course, no new movie news about uh, Trek. Those guys are, you know, they're they're so tight-lipped. It's getting ridiculous. Uh, The movie is is now. I mean, we're we're looking at next May. We're we're nine months away, right? Uh, uh, So it's time, guys. It's time for a trailer. I mean, to me, they're missing a lot of opportunities to put good advertising in some of the big summer movies this year. Uh, or on, at Comic Con they missed out on, so I, I've you know now it's probably going to be looking like we won't get a, probably a teaser trailer until maybe the fall time where we get to like holiday Thanksgiving movies. Maybe sooner than that, I don't know. Uh, But uh, we will see what happens. Uh, Other things in genre stuff and news, uh, a couple little things. Warehouse 13 and Alpha's are both back. I'm enjoying those shows and glad to have them back on there on Monday nights. I'm still greatly enjoying Lost Girl, uh, which is sort of a Buffy, a little more adult Buffy type show on uh it is now on friday nights on the sci-fi channel also a reminder the the nbc series Grimm is returning early this year it's going to be starting up again a week from tomorrow a week from this monday so on august 13th it's going to be back with new episodes already uh, kind of getting a jump on the new season so i really enjoyed that series last year and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing it again This season as well. And uh, I think that's about it. This is as much as I wanted to cover for right now. I think we're going to get right into the uh, Enterprise episode zero hour. Uh, But other than that, uh, again, it's uh, it's fun podcasting. I enjoy it uh, each two weeks now, every two weeks. And I'm looking forward to watching this episode and commenting on it for all of you. Uh, And here we go. Uh, Let's do it with a zero hour. All right, here we go with the Zero Previously Hour.
1: On Enterprise. I've located Ensign Sato. She's on board one of the Reptilian vessels.
2: The third launch code. We have complete access.
4: I'm trying to uh, here show a lot of clips and scenes from this season to get everyone caught up.
1: The readings from the weapon are increasing. They're preparing to launch. Open a
2: vortex. Set a course for her. Captain wants to take a team aboard to destroy it. I need three volunteers.
3: He's undergone a severe neural trauma. She's been inside the weapon. I have to know what you saw.
2: Have her taken aboard Degra's ship right away. The Aquatics joined us only because you promised to neutralize
1: the spheres. We have a plan to disable Sphere 41.
3: If we're right, it should disrupt the entire network.
1: Reptilians will preside over a stronger, unified Zindi Empire.
4: So, this uh, killer sphere is on its way to Earth right now, basically, to destroy the whole planet. Our whole world would still exist, and our
2: avian brothers would still fill the skies. We should be
4: grateful Some amazing makeup in, in this whole season. Uh, the Reptilian Zindis are, are quite uh, well done. Take their place They're eating the little mice here. A <laughs> Reminds me of, the of, the of V. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, pretty gross. <laughs> Alright, we'll dial this down a little. I still like that Enterprise theme. It's been a while since I covered one of these episodes. Okay, uh, Zero Hour, the final episode of Season 3. Oh, hang on. I had one other uh, speaker set going. Sorry about that. I had to adjust something. Uh, It's been so long since I did a full commentary, so I, I have a different setup for that. Okay, this episode is... Something that uh, really I think it brings everything together on season three. It is written by Rick Berman and Brandon and Braga, directed by Alan Croker, uh, all regular uh, contributors to, the, to this season, especially. This, uh, I in really enjoyed season three. I thought that it really brought the characters uh, to interesting places, especially Archer becomes less and less the idealistic explorer that he was to begin with, and more of a man, kind of a, uh, he does what he has to do, man of action, and uh, kind of has to drop a lot of his trappings that he normally can deal with, and, you know, prime directive, and, you know, torture, and stuff like that.
3: But this vessel is faster. We're closing the gap. It may be faster, but it's not well armed. How many ships are escorting the weapon? I can't tell.
2: The only way we're going to be able to destroy this thing is from the inside.
4: Even Archer's hair in this season is really, really short and kind of military cut.
2: All of bigwood schematics are encrypted. We're going to need Hoshi to help us. She's in that condition to come up here. I wish I had a choice, Malcolm. Sir, so she's barely conscious. Can you transfer that to a pad? Something portable?
4: An iPad, he is what he really wants to say there. Yeah. Come on. The
0: favorable timelines continue to diminish. They should be increasing. The weapon has almost reached its target. But the Earth ship is on course for our primary sphere. Accelerate the transformation. This is another that
4: group sphere. of the Zindi.
0: Mustn't be allowed to intervene.
4: If you remember the whole thing that started and why they wanted to destroy the Earth is that they sort of foretold that in the future Earth really would destroy them, so the it was sort of preemptive threefold maybe four.
2: But it's gonna fry. Archer's
4: time. off the Enterprise right now with with the goods, Indy, or the initiate the pulse two And Tapal's in command of Enterprise.
2: We try this and the ship's gonna come apart at the seams.
1: Two hours, Mr. Tucker.
4: So they're trying to increase speed. Get the
2: captain told us Indy, we try to knock these things out. He didn't say anything about demolishing Enterprise in the process.
1: Has it occurred to you what's going to happen if Captain Archer fails? If Earth is destroyed?
2: Every day. Good
1: then you've already come to the conclusion that without humanity, there's no one to combat these sphere builders. Their expanse will continue to grow, encompassing one system after another, including Vulcan. Your world is no longer the only one in jeopardy. Two hours. I think we've got a problem. What is it? Sphere 41. Are you certain these are the cohorts? Keep in
4: mind, too, the, yeah. um... This T'Pol is, is has gotten, gotten fairly emotional there. throughout Season 3 due to the effects it's of the expanse better. on have you her analyzed it? and other things, other factors.
1: So she's not a normal
4: T'Pol, very con- conserved or reserved Vulcan transforming
3: here. the space surrounding that sphere. Not unlike the disturbance where we found the transdimensional being. They're obviously expecting us.
1: If we're going to disable the network, we'll need to get within a kilometer of the surface.
3: If the ship were to enter that disturbance, the entire crew would be dead within minutes. I could synthesize a neuroleptic compound. That would keep us conscious for approximately 12 minutes. I'm afraid there's nothing I can do to prevent epidermal decay.
1: 12 minutes won't be enough.
4: They're off on a separate little task here. I encourage
3: you and Mr. Tucker to consider alternatives. There must be something you can do to abbreviate your plan
4: they're off to destroy this whole network uh, that uh, allows them. I think it's communication, that, isn't it? Yeah, I'm trying I'm to remember so. that part. Sorry, it's been a while since I've saw this. I'm
0: not feeling very well.
4: Remember, Hoshi was when taken captive and uh, pretty, pretty badly well, uh, tortured she, and tried, you know, to get information from her.
0: I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing.
4: I like the fact here that not everybody is so heroic and has, you know... You've been trying
3: to decipher them. I gave them the third code. They wouldn't
0: have been able to arm the weapon if I hadn't given them the third code. You were drugged, Hoshi. You had no choice. I did. I should have fought harder.
2: You need to finish what you're doing. You're almost there. We're going to board the weapon, try to overload the power systems. But we can't do that until we can read these schematics. I tried to jump, but I wasn't fast enough. You need to finish this.
0: You got the three codes, so why didn't you just kill me? Didn't you say you are going to kill me? You've got to pull yourself
2: together, just for a little while longer.
4: Kind of sad to see Hoshi like this because they, you know, she was one of the most reluctant members of the crew to begin with.
3: Everything hinges on it.
4: Do you understand?
3: I understand.
4: She's kind of the innocent member of the crew in a way.
2: When we exit the vortex, how close will we be? Approximately two million kilometers from Earth. Two million? we had all five codes, we could begin the firing sequence immediately. But with three, we'll need additional time. We'd be vulnerable if we dropped into normal space any closer to the target. Do whatever it takes to fire the weapon as quickly as possible.
3: You wanted to see me, sir? I think I found a way to boost the deflector pulse without tearing the ship apart. But it's gonna mean transferring all impulse power to the array. When? As soon as you reach the sphere. Sir. Sorry, Travis. We're gonna have to get us to the manifold on thrusters only. That's tying my hands, Commander. Especially with the ticking clock. You can do it. Go over these schematics. Familiarize yourself with the surface features of the sphere. We won't be able to transport directly onto the control platform. It's too heavily shielded. We'll have to beam in and out, no deeper than this peripheral framework. What
2: if you need to board the weapon before your crewman completes her decryptions? I'm taking her with me. So she's hardly in any shape. She's been there, Malcolm.
3: That's where she deciphered the third launch code. She was drugged. There's no reason to believe that she'll remember anything. Of she's
2: her. coming with me. I want you and your team to beam in right before we do. Secure the closest route to the platform. If you succeed in creating the overload, What makes you think you'll be able to get out in time? I'll give everyone a chance to get to the Outer Framework. You'll be in charge of helping Hoshi. And sir. I have no plans of dying on that weapon, Malcolm. I'm gonna see what else she's come up
4: with. All right, so Archer just went through a corridor, and now he's sort of been transported back to Earth. Daniels is here. It'll
3: only take a minute. You see the fellow in the blue jacket near the left end of the Dais? That's you. A little more than seven years from now. You and the others are about to make history.
4: You know, this is one of these future timeline things that Daniels has shown Archer. Do you
0: remember I told you about a federation? What about it? I work with some people who are going to be pretty angry at me for telling you this, but you're going to be
3: an integral part of forming that Federation. You're down there, right now, with Vulcans, Andorians, and Tellarites, getting ready to sign the Charter. The membership is going to grow. Dozens, eventually hundreds of species. A united Federation of Planets.
2: I have a team preparing to board the weapon. I've
3: got other things to think about right now. Let Reed or one of the others go to the control platform. What are you talking about? It's too great a risk. If you are killed, none of this will happen, at least not the way it's supposed to happen. Then it'll happen some other way. Who's to say whether it'll be better or worse? It's essential you be a part of this. Where are we? What planet? Earth. Seems to me it's just as essential that Earth be around for this, too. Lieutenant Reed can work with Sato. They are not crucial to the future of mankind. You are. My mission is to save Earth. Not your Federation. You can't ignore your place in history.
4: These are one of those time paradox things to me where like, okay, if I am here I in seven years, then whatever like I'm doing now and decide to do now should work out, right? You and know, it's, it's like too much of an inconvenience. I'd although they have the whole time is always in flux thing.
3: Third husband. Groznik
4: So th- this is one of those uh, tricky situations tell where Tell that
3: he's welcome to keep the Aldebaran drum set I loaned him Oh, they have a child named Endura
4: Phlox is uh, recording Speaking A, girl, a letter, letter here, I think oh, Eight or nine by
3: now oh. Well, I would like to leave her My botanical library She always had a flair for plants Computer pause recording Everything's ready here <clears throat>
1: Commander Tucker has completed his modifications to the Deflector. I apologize if I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, don't be silly.
3: I was simply dictating a letter to my colleague, Dr. Lucas. He offered to make sure my affairs were in order in the event that, uh... It, well, you
4: know. You know, if we all die kind of a event. Always distracting to you think know. of death,
1: especially when entering a dangerous situation. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst.
3: <laughs> I don't know about Vulcans, but Denobulans take great pleasure in bequeathing their belongings to
1: far-flung relatives. We're not dead yet. Bridge to T'Pol. Go ahead. We're approaching the coordinates. Take us out of warp. Hope for the best, Doctor.
4: Really like uh, you know Jolene Blaylock in this season, especially she's uh, really uh, interesting to see her struggling with emotions and things. We're showing Enterprise here. Enterprise has, has gotten so beat up in this it's season. There's <laughs> just it's hundred
3: thousand kilometers. The ship than is when we just in
4: pieces I've and patched the together.
3: compound as much as I can. I strongly advise we remain in the disturbance no longer than fifteen minutes.
1: Are you ready to release the compound? Then proceed. Stand by to charge the deflector. Set a course, Ensign.
2: Captain Starlog Supplemental. We've begun to formulate a plan, thanks to Hoshi, who's made some progress in decrypting the schematics.
4: We're using her iPad, remember. You know, she's... Oh, she's got actually a bunch of iPads now on her desk here. the
2: inversion sequence, but we don't know the sequence. If it's not done in the right order, the internal safeguards will kick in, and it'll be
3: impossible to create an overload.
0: I found the sequence, but decrypting it's another story. Your friend Dagra didn't make this easy.
3: I wish I could tell you to take your time.
0: First time you came to visit me in Brazil?
2: I didn't stop raining for a week.
0: I had a bug then, too. a Tropical bacteria, not a reptilian parasite. I was sick as a dog. I wanted to make a good impression.
2: When we get back home, I'll see to it you get some r and in Norway or Canada, someplace where there's not a tropical bug in sight. Or reptiles. Or reptiles. Keep at it.
3: I'll get these
2: to the bridge. We've gotten close enough to isolate their signatures. The insectoid ship is no longer with them why would they leave the vortex we have no idea all we know is that the weapon is being escorted by a single reptilian vessel dolems at least we'll only have one ship to contend
4: with In The oh, um, well, we're back to uh, i was going to say something about that scene with the the fact that they're just chasing a reptilian ship but we're back on enterprise now
1: Sign of the sphere? It's too soon. Hold your course.
2: Deglus vessel is less than 20 minutes behind us. <clears throat> Lieutenant, we're about to drop into normal space. Stand by to initiate the firing sequence. We're ready. Are you detecting any Earth vessels near the coordinates? No vessels. But there is one small orbital station. Earth at large. It's a shame all that water. The aquatics would feel at home here.
3: I got it. How far? Twenty thousand kilometers. Thirteen minutes left.
1: As soon as we make visual contact, go to thrusters. Set a heading to latitude 15 degrees north. Deflector.
2: Standing by.
4: There's a little quick scene there where Trip notices uh, sort of a, an infection on his hand.
2: Kilometers uh, ahead. Get your team ready to go. Aye, sir. Changing this is part of because of where they're, they're in this part of
4: space station. that they're at that protects the sphere range. builders area. It's this trans-dimensional mess that's not very good for Military humans.
2: Installation? Research post. Usually thirty to forty civilians aboard. Hail them on this frequency. Get them out of there. Weapons emitting disruption waves. I can't get anything through. Fifteen
1: degrees north. Drop to 2,000 meters.
4: Back to uh, Enterprise. Separate.
1: 82 mark zero.
4: And I, the they're all the people are, are getting affected by this expanse. Way into
3: my skin. Me too. It was expected. Try not to scratch it. Eleven minutes
2: remaining.
4: <laughs> Try not to scratch it. Even Paul's being affected by this. The Guardian
2: said that once Earth is gone, we're to destroy all human colonies. I see no reason not to begin with this station. Target fire when ready.
4: So that uh, earth station uh, just 40. destroyed with uh, the 30, 30, 40 people aboard, I'm Archer's not very happy about that.
0: Got it. Begin.
2: Fish a barrel.
3: Less than 10 minutes to go.
4: I just uh, realized that this is an episode where uh, there's a little walk-on roll here for one of the uh, members of the forum. Oh, now some Zindi have popped up. Actually, the Guardians, I think, they're on the Enterprise trying to stop them.
2: What the hell's going on? Power just fell 10%. I'm picking up explosions on e
1: Bridged Engineering, report. I'm losing the beam! There are nine alien life signs aboard.
3: They appear to be trans-dimensional beings. How's that possible? This disturbance we're in, it's obviously been altered enough to sustain them.
2: Who's on dangerous ship? Eight primates, three armorials, and seven humans. Have the weapons been upgraded? No, sir. Pathetic. Prepare to intercept.
4: Yeah, that walk on here is, uh, Amy They're
2: arming their torpedoes.
4: is, uh, is got a little Sir. part on this. I just saw her in engineering, I believe.
2: How's she doing? She's holding up. She and the makers are the transporter device. Remember, no heroics. Just get us in and then keep them off your ass. There's another vessel approaching at high warp. They're asking for you. You're not using your head, pigskin. That ship you're on is no match for the reptilian. I'm busy, Shran. What are you doing here? You should be impressed we managed to track you through the vortex. I anticipated that you'd need some help.
4: Uh, so Shran's coming to help uh, Archer out, which is kind of cool. I, I, I love Shran. I wish they had gone on with Enterprise and he had been part of uh, the crew.
2: Corporal Kelly to the bridge. Go ahead. Weapons are passing right through them. You gotta stop this.
3: If I don't get full power back, this is gonna take three, four minutes longer than we thought. Can't afford three or four minutes. Corporal Kelly, listen to me very closely. Modulate your weapons to a rotating frequency of thirty two point six teracycles. cycles. Done. Our trans dimensional friend, the one we found in the pod, I have quite a few hours to study his physiology. Let's hope my memory serves me well.
4: I think that Lake Flocks right kind in of this of kind of role. He's keep
2: a low profile. We're matching speed. You said there were no human vessels in the vicinity. They're not human. Destroy them both. That third torpedo almost got you. Be careful. Prepare to come about to port. Stay below me. We'll need to get within a kilometer of the weapon. Just stay below me. Trans. Let's fight back this time, shall we? Bring the forward cannons online.
4: <laughs> yeah, Shran's blocking them and, and trying to block them with this ship. Doing a pretty good job of it actually.
2: And tell Archer, we're not even anymore. He owes me. <laughs>
4: So they've beamed aboard the sphere, we've got some Makos, uh, Archer and Hoshi, Malcolm of course, Um, back on Enterprise trying to still destroy this thing. The weapons are finally starting to work on them. They have the ability to sort of phase through walls and objects though, these guardians.
3: It's time for you to work your magic, Mr. Tucker. Within five minutes, everyone on this ship is going to start dying. Pressure? Okay. Bring up the inversion sequence.
0: Start with the third one from the left.
4: So they're trying to uh, sabotage the sphere. So Archer's in here with Hoshi uh, directing him. He's kind of like twisting these little fluorescent tubes out and flipping them around. Pretty much changing them to a, from a blue color to a red. Almost looks like lightsaber uh, <laughs> stuff. I'm all right. The first one on the left is next. And you got to do it in a certain Force sequence.
2: You know? Commander sensors show the humans are no longer aboard Can's vessel. Ships are us away from the weapon. Get us back!
4: So now the Guardians are, uh, that are aboard Enterprise, they're sticking their hands sort of right into the engineering section, trying to disrupt it. Took out off, off the or took out the last guys there that were going after. Uh... It's nice to see here a reptilian and a mako actually having to fight, you know, rather than weapons. Except the mako didn't quite make it. Poshi oh, just got shot at and she dropped her pad. She's in uh, pretty bad shape with all this stuff going on. Now Malcolm is uh taking out a guy, one of the reptilians. Me
0: too, Go ahead. I'm
3: pretty certain that was the last thing, work. i get back here.
1: Get us out of here.
3: Wait a minute, I'm almost there. You don't have a minute, Commander. Give me ten seconds of telling you I've got it. That's it.
0: Time's up. It sure is.
4: And they're doing it. They're destroying it. starts a chain reaction basically what happens is it shoots out to each of the other spheres around and they just get destroyed one after another it's a great plan
1: the network is being destroyed looks like we're getting out of this soup faster than we
3: thought without the sphere their transformed space must be collapsing in on itself
2: Which one, Hoshi?
0: Number four, the fourth one on the left. Are you sure? Yes, yes, number five is the last one after you disable the reactor.
4: So they're finishing the sequence here aboard the and sphere heading to, towards Earth. Be enough.
2: We didn't come here to disable this weapon. We're here to destroy it. Give me the charges. I'll take care of myself. I want the four of you get to the outer framework, beam back to dig ship. This cheap tactical of society. If this isn't open for debate, Lieutenant.
4: Very, very cool production here in design there's sort of like a mini sphere inside where archer's at right now he's setting charges on it uh, again great production values in this episode the whole season especially. so he's disabled this uh, small mini sphere thing and now this allows him to, to put the last rod in place to set it to basically blow itself up And as you can hear, it sounds like he was successful at starting to set off alarms. Oh, there's a reptilian right there, though. He's pretty strong, of course. Why are all aliens and humans end up having to fight stronger than them? (laughs) It's It's just always that way, isn't it? And we somehow still manage to beat him, usually. Archer's kicking this guy now. had a weapon on him. Now just got knocked across the face, got scratched a pretty bad archer.
3: One reptilian transported to the weapon. Let's make sure he has nowhere to
2: go back to. They have no shielding on their starboard engines. Target all weapons!
4: So Shran's taking out that small little reptilian ship finally now.
2: Can you get a lock on him? Not yet. Your captain is too deep within the
4: weapon. And he's kind of got his hands full fighting this crazy reptilian guy. Not that it's going to matter because he's already got the thing set to overload. It's like, uh. The archer's getting pretty beat up here. he put a charge on the reptilian he slipped one on his back <laughs> it blows him up pretty good it, archer's expression is so kind of just sort of grim and, and cold at this point and now we have the, the, the patented run away from the big explosion archer running in slow motion away as the as the sphere starts to explode around him it's getting closer and closer to earth it looks like it's about ready to blow up and there it goes in, in, In full almost Death Star fashion, nice explosion, big ring effects after it, and, well, where's Archer?
1: Acting Captain Starlog, February 14th, 2152. We're holding position at the coordinates where we were told to meet Degra's vessel. So far, there's been no word from him.
4: In the trivia for this, DePaul got the date wrong. It's actually 2154 at this point in time. None
1: of them? None. And all the spatial anomalies within our scanning range have vanished.
3: What about the thermobaric cloud barrier?
1: I can only detect a small section from our present location, but it appears to be dissipating. Looks like we kept our end of the bargain. It would appear that the Expanse is returning to normal space.
4: Yeah, remember that area where the Zindi where hung have out was out there in this weird thing failed? called the Expanse? Earth
1: could be... Be
3: patient. <sighs> and my skin's even faster than yours. I guess you Vulcans aren't so tough after all.
1: Dr. Flock says we should all be back to normal within two to three days. I'm only kidding. You look nice like this.
3: Kinda like an old oil painting.
1: I am not old. <laughs> I will only be 66 years old on my next birthday.
3: I can't believe you told me that.
1: You accused me of looking old.
3: That's not what I mean. I've been trying to get you to tell me your age since we left space, Doc.
1: Why now? To welcome certain information is considered
2: intimate.
4: Intimate?
2: <clears throat> Bridge to Paul. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, don't ask to Paul her age.
1: This is Enterprise. Please repeat.
2: Captain, did you stop the weapon? Captain!
1: Set an intercept course.
4: So they're docked with the uh with Degger's ship right now. It's um, done. Malcolm's there. Done. Captain
3: Archer destroyed
2: the weapon. Where is he? Is he okay? Captain didn't make it, trip. For the decker's ship.
4: And they all look uh, pretty stunned. Even Paul looks pretty pretty upset.
1: Come in.
2: Vessels vessel should have you home
1: in less than a day.
4: Enterprise is now inside this large
1: vessel that the council has agreed to reconvene.
4: Vessel that's uh, Taken back to Earth. Insectoids to ignore
2: recent events.
1: And the Reptilians?
2: They'll join us eventually. They have no choice but to accept that the Guardians' promises were empty. Captain's sacrifice will not be forgotten. Safe journey.
4: Thank you. So they're all, uh, you, all know, right. you know, it's trying to right. deal I with what's happened. Longer. Obviously I a promise. huge blow for everything. I mean, granted the weapon and his... Sphere network is destroyed, but there's no captain. I
3: sense that we are traveling in an unusual manner, in the belly of a beast, so to speak.
1: There are no windows here. How would they know we're inside the aquatic vessel?
3: I don't have the slightest idea. But I doubt I'll get much peace and quiet around here until we are flying under our own power.
1: It'll only be a few more hours.
3: Is there something I can do for you?
1: My skin hasn't fully healed yet.
3: Oh, you're doing fine. (laughs) Vulcans are obviously more sensitive to the effects of mysterious realms.
1: I guess we're not so tough after all. Excuse me? Is there anything I'll need to treat this?
3: Only time. How's morale?
1: It isn't easy for a crew to lose its captain.
3: We'll all need time to heal.
1: Will he be alright?
3: Not for a while.
4: Oh, Porthos.
3: Lost his best friend. But it's just a matter of time. You'll be fine again.
1: Did you hear that? The doctor says you'll be fine. It's just a matter of time.
4: And Paul, even pets Porthos there. That is one huge ship that aquatic vessel Enterprise pops out like a shuttlecraft 000, from covers. it.
1: Set a course, Ensign. You should be in your quarters. With all due respect to Flocks. I wouldn't miss
2: this for the world. Mind if we take a look?
4: One thing to keep in mind is Enterprise, at this point in time, was not necessarily going to come back for a season four. So this could have possibly been the last episode of Enterprise. The
2: prettiest set I ever saw. It's all in one piece. The captain would be proud.
4: There was even rumors of possible three different endings shot for this episode, although that's been denied by the producers of the show.
1: Strange. What? They're not responding. You think they'd be waiting with basic breath? Try another frequency.
3: I'm not picking up the orbital platforms. The Reptilians destroyed Yosemite
2: Station. It's not just Yosemite. There's nothing coming from any of them.
1: I've rotated through all the frequencies. Contact the Lunar One colony. I already tried.
4: So no response from anybody on Earth. What what's going There's on? I want what's happening to
1: me? me Whether to get down to San Francisco, find out what's wrong.
4: Now why don't they just beam down? Come on you guys have been beaming a lot by this point in time. But they decide to take a shuttle down towards Starfleet in San Francisco.
1: Looks pretty normal to me.
3: And why the hell doesn't anyone want to talk to us?
2: Land at the pad behind the command center. Finally, we've got three vessels approaching. It's about time. This is Commander Charles Tucker of the Starship Enterprise. You guys gave us quite a What the hell? Sir.
4: It's not other shuttles. It's looks like World War II aircraft. Airplanes. And now the scene cuts away to sort of, uh, like a hospital. Looks pretty crude, wartime. A lot of patients in bad way. Some rain outside going on. guy typing on an old-style typewriter. And I know when I first watched this episode— Oh, there's a swastika! It says, where is he? Follow me. He was brought in yesterday. I'm translating through the subtitles because they're speaking German. He's been badly burned. And it's Archer. Got a burn on his face. Do you recognize the uniform, they ask? And there's an alien there in a Nazi uniform, and that's how they end Season 3 of Enterprise. <laughs> so there you have zero hour a kind of a you know a real action-packed packed packed, completely of stuff episode you know you have enterprise off to to destroy the sphere network and then the um the other group with uh, archer and hoshi off to uh, destroy the sphere at earth now of course the big huge thing about this episode is this big cliffhanger it was left in where it appears that both Archer and the Enterprise are back in time to around the period of World War II. Uh, the biggest change is you see this alien, this red-eyed, uh, weird-looking alien there in the last scene in a Nazi uniform. And, and so I, I remember when I first saw this that I was like, what What the heck? <laughs> what is, what's this all about? What's, go, what's going on? Because, you know, the weapon gets destroyed. You get no sense that Archer makes it off the weapon. And then, Arch- or sorry, the enterprises just seems like they took care of everything, and they're coming back, and they're just coming back to Earth. They don't seem to go through anything, and then, and then they're all in this weird timeline or back in time or something like that. So, uh, uh, I'm not gonna say too much more how that all turns out. Uh, if you haven't seen, you know, how season four goes, the first, of course, I think it's a two-part uh, start to the season four. They they tell you what you know what this is all about and and what happened here but uh, a couple little uh, side little comments about this episode I I thought it was a good way to end the Zindi arc I mean I thought they did a good job with all that I was a little frustrated with the cliffhanger I I thought I mean really and again especially since the Enterprise was not necessarily going to come back the next season yes it was not this could have been it Um, there's a special feature in the season four DVD set where Connor Chenier who plays Trip he says that uh, he says this. He believes that the producers deliberately created this cliffhanger ending so that it would be amb- ambiguous, and that the, if the series had been canceled and really had not come back for a season four, that the reaction to this ending would have been, you know, so negative uh, that the the network executives that would have canceled the show would have their lives would have been miserable, and, and uh, Connor said it was a, a wily move on their part, basically, in saying like. Hey, you know we're 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 putting a cliffhanger in here basically deliberately to to if you cancel us you're going to really you know piss off a lot of fans basically and and they're not going to be very happy with you. But fortunately, we did get a season four. Uh, Manny Coto was brought in, who was a big Star Trek a fan, to to kind of run the season and worked on a lot of the stories. And season four, I think, is. Is one of the best seasons. I enjoyed both season, all the all of Enterprise. I enjoyed, but but three and four, especially the last two seasons, I thought were fantastic and really, really some interesting episodes, some good arcs episodes especially in season four with different things they they dealt with with vulcan and and dorians and 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 the sort of the the beginnings and the start of the founding of the federation of planets so so there you have zero hour i uh, i think it's a cool episode and i, I hope uh, you enjoyed listening to it uh, with some of my commentary along along the way and uh, i'm going to take uh I think i'm going to just take a short break i'll come back with a few last thoughts and, and tell you what's coming up on treks and sci-fi over the coming next few weeks
2: hi this is connor turnier you're listening to treks and sci-fi
4: all right uh, a couple things to talk about i, I wanted to mention a, a little bit about um some star trek collect collectibles to keep an eye out on uh, out for uh uh, recently at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con, there was uh, an announcement from QMX about some new ships they're doing. They're doing an Enterprise-D model, uh, a pretty short production run, only 50, I think, in the run. And they're doing a Kelvin from the last Star Trek movie, which looks pretty cool. And uh, also Hasbro has a new line of uh, uh, toys, uh, these Creo, it's kre o building blocks, kind of like Legos. That are having a Star Trek theme uh, with a ship uh, that looks like the uh, Enterprise from the 2009 film and some little characters in that. Uh, we've also got uh, some keepsake ornaments from Hallmark, some very cool ones, a, lar- a large selection there. Just check Hallmark out for that. You can get all kinds of information. They've even revealed what they're going to come out with for the 2013 ones. There's a Scotty one, Kirk and the Gorn. A model of the uh kelvin again for them uh we have spock and kirk from the mirror universe uh which is a that's a diamond select thing sorry and some other diamond select pieces too so lots of cool collectibles uh still out there for trek i just haven't gotten anything recently to really talk about a review uh on the podcast uh, my biggest collectible recently was the uh, r- new computer I built. <laughs> All right, anyway, what's upcoming on Treks and Sci-Fi in the coming weeks? We've got some good episodes. Next week, we have, a uh, like I was teasing earlier, I said we've got a couple of new people speaking on the film Logan's Run. This is going to be with uh, Don Ricardo and his son Aaron. So that'll be next week on August 12th. On the 19th, I'm going to look at the TV series, the classic kind of cult TV series. Uh, called The Greatest American Hero, which is a favorite of mine. If you want to read a nice little story, too, this week's, uh, actually it was probably last week's technically, Entertainment Weekly Magazine had a whole article on a cult series, 25 cult TV series. Things like Buffy, Firefly, uh, Battlestar Galactica, they threw in there. A bunch of other ones, uh, some non-sci-fi things, a lot of sci-fi and fantasy stuff, but... On the 26th of August, you're going to get an episode uh, with Chris and Rick, uh, with uh, Chris, I should say, and Rick Moyer. And that's going to be on the pilot episode of the original Battlestar Galactica Saga of a Star World. And then on the 2nd of September, which will be over Labor Day weekend, I'm going to do a live podcast to celebrate two things. One, the 7th anniversary of and Sci-Fi. Yeah, 7 years of doing all this. (laughs) and also that'll be officially podcast 400 uh that weekend so that should be a lot of fun i'll 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 do the usual fun stuff probably have some prizes to give away cake uh you know it's always fun to do those shows play a little music have a little fun uh kind of uh to celebrate uh seven years of doing the show and podcast 400 so that's what's coming up In the next several weeks on Treks and Sci-Fi, I want to thank everyone for listening. A couple last things to talk about. Um, Donations to the podcast. Uh, We're getting close to the time where the the hosting fees for the show and the site are going to be up. So if you want to send some donations in, there are PayPal links on the main website. Uh, Any any amount would be great. I would love that. Uh, And uh, like I said, the next few weeks... I think my hosting fees come up in like early September. So if you guys can, you know, dig down and send me a few dollars, that'd be great to help pay for the site and, and doing all this. Uh, I'd love that. Uh, also, iTunes reviews. If you get a chance, put up an iTunes review and tell your friends and also join us. We've got a Facebook group. Uh, just search for Treks in Sci-Fi and Facebook. There's also links to get you directly there on the main website of treksandsci-fi.com. Uh So join our Facebook group. Join the forum if you're not a member there. Uh, we'd love to have you on both places. So we always have some interesting discussions and, and, and fun things on, on both uh, Facebook and uh, the forum as well. So anyway, um, that's it, I think, for this week. Uh, this is Rico. I'm going to have a little more tea, edit this up, and get it posted for all of you to listen to. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the show. And, uh, again, next week will be Logan's run with uh, Don Ricardo and his son Aaron. So I will talk to you, and I'll be back in two weeks with Greatest American Hero. And, and I hope you guys enjoy next week's episode, and I'm sure you will. And uh, take care until then. Be careful and enjoy your um, August and your the the dog days of summer, as, as sometimes people call it here in, in uh the States. I don't know. Do people call it dog days of summer in other countries? Maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not in other countries. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great week. A couple of weeks, I'll see you. And next week, uh, you'll have a guest sip. So bye-bye.
1: production.